0: Is that it... what Is it... Welcome, y'all. This is The Closed Session. I'm James Santa Maria. It's your
1: girl Lauren.
0: We're excited today. This is our fourth podcast. We're here in the House of Machines. Thank you, shout out to the House of Machines for allowing us to do what we do here every Friday. We're hitting around four o'clock. Look out for us. We've got a a few uh, episodes under the belt. We're talking politics. We're talking business. We're talking the intersection of where both of those meet. And more importantly, we're talking to people who are the movers and shakers. We got a great guest here. First of all, he's part of the fam, good friend. He's come up through the ranks. He's uh, he's making things happen, especially in downtown in the artist district. Let's give a warm welcome to our good friend, Chris Pearson, everybody.
1: Just Chris. so you know, all of the house machines is applauding right now. Yes. Obviously. I've I never have had, no idea why.
2: I've never had a round of applause, but I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Chris,
0: you know, um, we're going to do a little bit like what we ask our guests to do, which is a little bit of self introductions. Um, we may know you. We may like you. All 36 of our followers need to know who the hell you are. So I think you, it's 38, 38, 38 followers. Hey, all right. Us. Awesome. Chris, tell us who you are,
2: what you do, and why you're sitting in that chair. For the 38 faithful, Chris Pearson, born and raised here in Los Angeles, educated here in L.A. L.M.U. undergrad, UCLA law, worked for Antonio Viragosa, running economic development on a senior team advising on all things business and otherwise, left Antonio's office, has worked for a large This small little company, what's it called? Small little company, Hudson Pacific Properties, real estate investment trust, owned 19 million square feet up and down the west coast. 19 million? 19 million. 19 million square feet. From Vancouver to LA primarily focused in uh, tech hub, Seattle, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Los Angeles. And we've done obviously really well over the last six years. Started with 40 employees, we're at 200 plus.
0: You know, well, let's get into it. You've, you've had a career. I mean, a lot of folks out there, you know, especially those who are younger, have kind of like looked up and said to us, probably to you, like, look, how do I get to where you need to be <laughs> or where you are today, right? And a lot of us, we, they, they want to know kind of what is the track to becoming that successful person? You, you do a lot of stuff here. You're effectuating development, especially in the arts district. If you guys don't know, they are the ones who uh, have the WeWorks location here in the Arts District. I think that's very important. How many square feet of, you, of that so do we, you have?
2: We got 106,000 square feet where we work. We have another hundred, call it 20,000 square feet plus with Honey Sciences, uh, all located here in the Arts District. And
0: you have the thumbprint on all of these deals, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. My fingerprints are on them. And I think in the end, what it boils down to when it comes to professional progression it's really about the network you build, the relationships you invest in. Coming from a Same. a kind of public service background, it's all about it's all about providing and, and giving back to the community, right? But before I, you came into public service, where did you go? So I was in law school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. What I knew was a uh, I went to LMU. No, 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 no. I'm talking about way back. So James wants me to give a shout out to Loyola High School. There you go. Loyola High School. I mean, Cubbies for Life. Cubbies we learned servant leadership life. very young. Oh, in I lives. love that, bro. So what did you, what was that again?
0: Say it servant again. Servant
1: leadership.
0: Servant leadership.
1: That's what you learn at the U. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Think, I don't think Loyola's going to want to claim this. After no, the they do. No, they over. do. They will. Oh, <laughs> they trust wanna, me. No, they no, will. They I'm c- talking about claiming. The high will. I'm talking I mean, it's about, not the U, it's the high. I don't the think LMU's, or, uh, Loyola's going to want to claim you guys <laughs> Oh no,
0: no, no, that's a different story they want to claim
2: us and they still want to claim us
0: <laughs> but i appreciate it so i appreciate that fact that that you understand that and you've kind of how have you applied that chris that I mean, servant leadership i
2: mean i think it's all about the sacrifice of who you are right i think in the end when it comes to like the progression of your professional career your ability to progress is your ability to say it's not always about me it's always about the greater good and I've demonstrated that from my professional career with the mayor and then even in even in my my current situation with a with a private real estate investment trust, I mean when we talk to community groups, it's about figuring out what's gonna work for both of us. It's not always about what's gonna work for Hudson and and our project. It's about how do we balance the two. Right. How do we make sure we move forward as as neighbors real estate investment trust for for those who don't know uh typically are long-term holders so we're going to be neighbors with our groups for years and years we're not we're not coming in as your merchant developers to to build and sell we're coming in to build hold and and be here and so like in the arts district like, like in hollywood we're here we're here for the long term and so our relationships are uh our kind of standing in the community is really important to us. So yeah. you know that's that's how we that's how we look at everything when we come into something.
0: So when you when you first started, Chris, getting back to this, you went to Loyola, you went to LMU and then you found yourself at a probably a crossroads, right? In terms of where you were gonna go next. And how did that get you to the city of LA?
2: I mean, it's it's more fortuitous than planned, right? I mean, went to Loyola High School was not a uh, high performer. Went to LMU because it was uh, one of two colleges that accepted me. It was Whoa. LMU or it was Northridge? And uh, Ooh, I thought I, I thought LMU was a better option. I, don't I think know. so. I think you did I a don't good job. Know. No, 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 no disrespect. No <laughs> disrespect to CSUN. CSUN. <laughs> I think you're begrudging the valley. Forever. It is the valley. It is the valley. Did that. What was your major when you were there? Urban Studies. So I was an urban planner. I had no idea what that meant when I got there, but what I did see was Playa Vista right below us, getting developed as I was in school. And I said, frankly, oh shit, this is really cool. They're building things. Yeah. Then I read an article about Keyshawn Johnson and Marlton Square there's someone in the crowd who probably can tell you something about that, but we won't go there. But yes, I read an article about Marlton Square, Keyshawn Johnson. That is what inspired me to say, yo, I grew up in South LA, I can make a difference. I could build something in South LA that's gonna make a difference. All I ever wanted was uh, was an opportunity to be remembered and it wasn't gonna be remembered for like who I am individually, but what I what I do, what I, what I build.
0: So how did you get to that city point then?
2: The economy sucked when I graduated law school. Being a lawyer was not as uh, Sounds
0: like 2008.
2: Yeah, 2008, <laughs> 2009. The markets were crashing. People were losing their offers. I had to make a decision. Do I want to like fight it out and be a lawyer? Not the lawyer I wanted to be, but like a lawyer. Any lawyer that was possible. What, or,
0: what were you studying at school at the time?
2: All about land use. All, all about okay. how to do real estate. In uh, 08, 09, obviously the real estate development market was crashing. Um, and I had to make a decision. Do I hold steady and uh, suck it up and become a lawyer for any particular trade, or do I uh, do I try to pivot and find an opportunity? And I pivoted. I found an opportunity in the in City Hall.
0: Who brought you into City Hall? Because usually that that's always clear. you didn't sign up. And this is I think our listeners want to know. You didn't sign up for any uh, personnel department test. You came in because you you were going. Political into one of the political offices.
2: I was an intern for the mayor's office of economic development. Got an opportunity while I was in law school. Worked for them for a semester. They needed uh, somebody who was South LA fluent to sit on this committee for South LA economic development and advancement. I sat on that committee as a as an intern. As an intern, you were already sitting down and like. They just, I mean, if you wanna be very blunt and honest, right, it's all about racial politics, and I fit the fucking scheme, I fit the color, I fit the fucking geographic region, and that's what I was. I was a black guy from South LA who had the educational ability to sit on this committee, and that's what it was. So I sat on the committee, no one understood what it would be, no one understood what it, what they wanted to be. Understanding that, that could be a shitstorm. storm, what
0: drove you in to be like, that's what I want to do because there's opportunity there?
2: What I recognize for, for South LA, and I, and I still recognize, there's a lot of people who want to take advantage of the opportunity who don't want to come from the community. And there's a lot of people who come from the community who don't have the ability to take advantage of the opportunity. Mm, mm. And like in my capacity as as a law student then, but more so now, I have the capabilities the opportunity and the and the history to be able to really deliver. So you found an opportunity when you were an intern.
0: Most interns are like making copies or they're they're learning the ropes. They're
1: figuring you're sitting like small things
0: you're out. sitting on this policy making Committee committee, Absolutely. <laughs> for all of
2: South Los Angeles. How did you find yourself on that? How did, I mean, was it just volunteer because nobody else wanted to do it or? Being a person of color matters. I was a person of color. I fit the mold. I fit the, I checked the right box and I had the opportunity. So I, 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 I checked that opportunity. I sat on a committee for, call it three or four months while I was in law school. And as I was transitioning out, I had an opportunity so I could take the bar and I could leverage up from the bar and try to find that lawyer job, quote unquote, that would pay me. Or the lovely Department of Community Development offered me an opportunity to be a, uh, what they call a cashew. That's a community administrative That's a nut. service <laughs> worker. I was a cashew. I have never heard it's of that. It's a nut. It's a nut.
1: Very healthy fats.
2: I'm a, I'm a law school graduate. <laughs> working as a cashew. A cashew. That is so cute. <laughs> Community administrative service worker making $14 an hour Boom. as a law school graduate. Boom, but but what does that tell you? So what it told me was I'm in a position now where I'm in the mix, yes. but no one cares about me, which is okay. <laughs> I, wa- I, wasn't, I wasn't important yet. But $14 I wasn't an yet. hour in 2000, what, 2009? 2009, Okay. law school grad, $14 an hour. You, it was a calculated decision to take that job because yeah. I knew I was willing to kill, maim, or do whatever it takes to become successful. I want to know what's in your mind to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to
0: stick it out for $14 an hour instead of going out to the private sector where a law student graduating law student from LMU, I don't know, eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. I had a plan. I had a vision. You took a life... Decision choice that was really a gamble at the end of the day. Let's let's just call it what it is.
2: It, it was a gamble. In the end, what you're stuck with is decisions in your life. I knew that I was going to have to dictate my reality as a Ooh, young person of color trying to get in commercial real estate. You have very few pathways, and for me to get those pathways, I had to choose a different a different route. No one was giving me an opportunity. No one looked like me in the business. My parents were social workers and they did everything they could to put me in the position to succeed. All I could do was take the shot. And so my shot was, I live at home, I work for the city, I grind it out till someone recognizes the talent that I have and make the opportunity happen for myself. And when I say grind it out, I'm talking about grind it out. What is the grind? Tell, tell but, us what is, well, the, the grind what is the grind. Is, the grind is real. We hired a, in 2010, call it February of 2010, they hired a new economic development deputy mayor for the city of Los Angeles. Say the name, say the Austin name. Austin Butner <laughs> came in, was hiring a whole new staff. They wanted fellows and all these people coming in to help out that When you were, say fellows for where were they coming from stanford harvard all of the the you know horty-torty schools that designated you as successful and i was coming from straight up lmu lmu you say law working for the city and so you know what i did i emailed austin and his staff maybe I don't know, 168 times. And that's no lie. They interviewed me once and I interviewed them. I emailed them every day from that interview to make sure they remembered that I was going to be important, that I could actually transition to the job. But you had to like literally believe in yourself. That's a tremendous amount of. I guess confidence in your abilities. I don't, I don't even know if it's confidence. It's, it's blind stupidity almost. <laughs> or it could be that, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, in the end, look, look. even when I got to the mayor's office, they wouldn't give me a salary. They said, well, we'll You're hire, still an hourly. we'll hire you, but we're going to pay you $14 an hour. I took it for four months. Four months later, I had a $65,000 a year salary, oh, which boom. was great, boom. which is still not a lot of money. Boom. By the time I was done, three years later, I was making one hundred and fifteen grand on the mayor's senior team. So there was 12 of us on the senior team advising him on, on the various areas. Who are you I, advising again? The mayor. And the what mayor. was his name? Antonio Viragoso. There you go. Shout
1: so out to, to Antonio Okay. So as someone that doesn't understand governance or what goes on behind closed doors, what do you mean by advising the mayor? So m-
2: my skill set and my, uh, I guess my role was to really look at all endeavors that impacted uh, business. business being anything that was on the for-profit end of, of what the city of Los Angeles does, tax policy, housing, real estate development.
0: And how the hell? At that time,
2: did you know all of this stuff? Because
0: you how, said that you were- How old were you at this yeah. time?
2: 26 years old. I didn't know anything, but I, I, I do believe, and I, uh, and I still believe that uh, that uh, books, opportunities, and questions are always your, your pathway to the future. And so I had the opportunity to ask a lot of questions.
0: But you didn't do this on your, you didn't do this on city time, oh. is what I'm
2: imagining. Oh, I have done it on everybody's time. Yeah, on everybody's time that there's, is city time
1: remember <laughs> first off you work for a mayor
2: there is no time it's not city time right when he calls you answer secondarily there's not an opportunity where you don't take advantage of the downtime. right i mean everybody has downtime in a job everybody has that moment where you're just you know have 30 minutes have an hour and it's like what do you choose to do with that time am i going to take somebody to lunch who's going to educate me Am I gonna read something that's gonna educate me? And that is the difference between those that succeed and those that do not. So you're 26 years old. Are you in the inner circle now? I don't think I hit inner circle till right before I left City Hall. Explain to people what the inner circle is. The rare few who are influencing policy making on a level that is coming to fruition, right? So you get to City Hall, whether it's as as a council staffer, a mayor staffer, if you're on the political side and, and you're providing advice and guidance in a certain capacity that influences decisions in one way or the other. Those decisions either get filtered up to a, to a higher up that's gonna then take the information you're providing them to the elected and filter it in a way that they see pertinent and or beneficial or not. Or you are that higher up and you're, di- you're providing that direct experience and that direct direction to the, to the elected for them to make a decision on how they want to proceed.
0: Now, you're kind of climbing the ladder on the political front, and not everybody gets to be in that inner circle, as we know. And you're kind of going through it. What are your, what are your experiences that you can impart in terms of how you get to be in that inner circle? Like, everybody wants to be part of it. Everybody wants to be in the fucking room. Everybody wants to make decisions on behalf of an elected or, or give that pertinent advice that
2: one bit of policy that then they all string up to. I chose an arena that nobody wanted, right? Nobody wanted to understand community development block grant money and how it was distributed and how it could be used in the city. So I took that. That's fucking technical. For people Super know Super technical. We, but, call, we call it the color of money. <laughs> very much so. Super technical, but very straightforward because it's a federal guideline that you could read, that you could understand, and that you could guide people through. So I said, I'm a law, I'm a law student. I, I, I've learned the law. I've learned to read like legal memoranda all day long. I can understand this. I can apply it and I can implement it. So, so you going to an expert. This.
0: You're going to be an expert. You thought to yourself as much as possible, I'm going to be at least a guy in the room who knows the most about this issue.
2: Absolutely, and I and I and I understood that money matters, mm. right? In the grand scheme of politics, can you move money? Can you spend money on someone's behalf that's going to be a supporter, influencer, or move a political decision on your behalf and I knew I was never going to be in a place as as a youngster to move budget decisions right away but what could I move I could move in f- I could move federal entitlement dollars if I understood how they moved and so I learned how they moved so tell us a little bit about that cuz I mean I know this is a little technical
0: but For those of us, or those folks who don't understand, there is, you know, they say that 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 money in politics and money in government really kind of moves the agenda. And you happen to hit hit on this little money topic that a lot of folks don't understand, and especially those in government. Can you talk a little bit about, and without like boring the shit out of us, but just give
2: us your thoughts about how money moves in government? There's general sources and uses of money in politics like there is isn't any business. There's taxes, there's federal entitlement dollars that we all get from the feds, there's state money, and then there's kind of special funds that kind of appear from elections and other things. But let's talk about federal entitlement dollars. Yes, let's talk about federal entitlement. So the city of Los Angeles as well as most cities around the nation, you get a certain disbursement Based on formula from the federal government for entitlement money, and that entitlement money goes to things like housing, community development, um, housing opportunities for those with HIV and AIDS, um, a ton of other things. Veterans dollars. Veteran dollars, and and the city has the opportunity to allocate and assign those dollars to projects to organizations and to opportunities in a way that aligns with their political slash uh, public policy endeavors in a way that is uh, complementary. So if you like, so what is this
0: fund at the end of the day? It funds things like childcare centers. It funds things like public
2: libraries. Childcare centers, public libraries, affordable housing, family services, economic development opportunities like small business loans, small business assistance, general economic development opportunities that could be... Jobs, jobs, jobs. Absolutely. There's always a a back end to all of this money that you're funding that needs to have some, some outcome. So it could be jobs, it could be... Actual service money invested that leads to opportunity, all of these things. So, Chris, you are now the expert at this at the table. You
0: now knew how to to maneuver to get the money, to move the money between different sources. And actually, at the end of the day, and more importantly, what people want to know is how to get projects funded.
2: Absolutely. So that was, the, that was the, the bubble I played in for a long time, which is how do you move a project forward? How do I take a real estate development project that needs funding and take it to the finish line? How do I take a small business and take it to the finish line? How do I empower our agencies and our departments to take the resources they have to move businesses forward? That was where I shined and was able to learn kind of a skill set that allowed the mayor to uh, have a bit of faith in me on the economic development side, to provide him policy advice, to elevate me to a level that was relevant enough to provide him kind of first-hand knowledge and experience on on economic development and other things related to business.
0: Because I'm I'm in the same milk with you. I started with that whole community development, economic development backbone. And frankly speaking, there's nothing that does well for your career when you understand how to get projects done, especially for your boss. Who probably doesn't really understand it, or 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 doesn't have all the information that you have, but then you become the important machi- part in the cog, or the, I'm sorry, important uh, cog in the machine, and that's what you became, right? And and that's how and, and and you leverage that shit.
2: Absolutely. So I leveraged it. I filled the void for a long time on on the financing side, and then uh, from there, I, I got the opportunity to advise on. Uh, tax policy which proved my kind of ilk in the the policy development game and then from there CRAs were eliminated which is community real development agencies they were eliminated and uh, gave me an opportunity to discuss kind of the future of economic development and and now the mayor needs you and now the mayor needs me <laughs> and he needs you back. true story <laughs> true story <laughs> okay so
0: that that was the path and so tell me as you move forward to this, give me your best Antonio Vieira story.
2: There's two good stories. First one was we're at um, Coda, which is an electric car manufacturer that unfortunately failed. We're at a luncheon, and uh, and you're with the mayor. With the mayor, mayor's there to like launch them. Yes, we're all happy, and the mayor. Uh, hops in his car and the mayor uh, is in the back seat as it traditionally is. Who's the body person? Because we were talking about that. Tito's the body. So the mayor's in the back seat, security in the front, mayor and Tito in the back. Mayor has his box lunch. Mayor opens said box lunch, looks at his sandwich. It's a good sandwich, but not a great sandwich. It's a good sandwich. Where did the sandwich come from? It's from it's from Coda. I don't know where I don't know who made it, but we have we have sandwiches from Coda. Okay.
0: <laughs> we all ate the sandwiches, but the mayor. I was just so. wondering if it was like from Subway or from no, no, Jersey I Mike's. I don't no, know. No, no, no.
2: It's not a name brand sandwiches, but it's a sandwich. Okay, it's a Koda so, sandwich. So he looks at the sandwich and he goes, uh, "Tito, can I see a sandwich?" Tito's like, "But of course, Mayor, you can see my sandwich." The mayor takes Tito's sandwich. The mayor then proceeds to uh, remove the bread from Tito's sandwich and take the meat and the cheese from Tito's sandwich. He takes said meat and cheese and puts it on his sandwich and hands Tito back a sandwich with lettuce and bread only. (laughs) And says, thanks mijo. And then eats the sandwich in front of Tito. Who hasn't eaten all day either, but he has a bread and lettuce sandwich that should be appreciated. He turned vegetarian at that point, right? For sure. Simultaneously, second best moment. It's last year of our administration. I fucking get annihilated at the uh, Delta Grammys party. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) drunk. Me, the mayor, Quincy Jones. (laughs) Fucking Barry White. Like, I don't even know who was there. The luminaries. The luminaries of the Grammys. You're there. It was crazy. I step on a table. You step on a table? On a a fucking table, drunk as shit.
1: You step onto a table. On top of the
2: table? On top of the table, taking shots of tequila, (laughs) yelling to the motherfucking, I'm going to just say this for the fucking crowd, to the motherfucking next governor of L.A., Is what I said. (laughs) The next go (laughs) Because I was fucking shit-faced. And I jumped off the table. And the mayor followed me and said, we're going to do this shit without a parachute. (laughs) And we jumped off together. And that shit was also fantastic. Followed by the next morning of an intense (laughs) briefing. With him interrupting the briefing, looking at me and saying, hey. We
1: fucking rocked
2: it. Last night.
1: <laughs> there you go. By the way, best mayor of Los Angeles, Antonio Villaraigosa. I do have to say, I, I think we should like always like have an honorary thank you to the old mayor of uh, Villaraigosa because much of who we interview are s- our old staffers of his. Yes, and, and we we, all we very had this successful. whole thing.
0: We had this whole thing about like the body people. Yeah, the body people of Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa. Yeah. The 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 star power that were the body people Bro. were amazing,
2: amazing. Antonio was a fucking—he's a legend <laughs> for all of Los Angeles, for all of us to
0: aspire to. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate the story. So you were twenty-six years old. You're in that that so-called almost inner circle. Mm-hmm. And now you're like trying to figure out what's the next step. So tell me how that works out. Now you're, you're you've got some, you've got some experience. You've got a little bit of money. You've got a little bit of I just- don't,
2: I don't know if I have money yet. So, well, you look, know, it's better, than, 40, is, better than $14 an hour. I, I was, <laughs> $15K I, I was a lot of money to us, we
1: millennials. <laughs> that was thir- t-
2: 2013, not when I was 26, but when I was 29. 29, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's just live that world real quick. but. The reality of it was, is this, look, I knew that uh, Antonio was ending. I had to find an opportunity uh, outside of the mayor's office. I uh, supported a candidate that was uh, Wendy Groot. Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, don't worry, we all supported her. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, we
1: like Wendy. We like Wendy. We
2: love Wendy, but she killed me in my
1: fucking professional endeavors. <laughs>
2: I literally was at a breakfast with a, uh, a uh, Eric Garcetti acolyte, as I call them. Yeah. And uh, who was, was that? It was Marcel Porras. <laughs> Shout out it. to Marcel. Marcel was like, uh, yo, you should come work for us. We're going to win. We're going to do all these things. And I was like, "Love, dude, I'm a loyal and I'm with Wendy.
1: Just for being loyal. Good for you. Yeah.
2: So I, I was loyal and I got burned,
0: but. <laughs> But, you know, you get these choices in your career, right? And but
1: it, I mean,
2: that's you, what I was going to say. You
0: get choices of how who you're going to back and how you're going to back them.
2: It and was so helpful, though. Because had Wendy won, I would have stayed home. I would have stayed in City Hall. Yeah. And, like, grinded it out for her. But instead, I... You had to hunt. I had to hunt. And I fucking learned to kill and... Uh, I work for a very fucking great company right now and so you've you gotta make some choices,
0: right? Because at this point in time, Wendy's out. You you put you hitch your rising star on her rising star. Fuck yeah. And <laughs> crash a burn, baby. But like we all as we always say, it's not who you back. It's how you back up. For sure. (laughs) And so,
1: so
2: so give me your, give me your thought process on on this transition. For the millennials and for everybody else listening, loyalty is number one. We ride with our friends. We die with our friends because they're going to ride and die with you. So I'm always interested in the crew,
0: right? We got our little crew, but you got your own crew. You got your like separate, like come up crew that you're like, you know what? We went through the wars together. We went through we went through governance together and frankly, I'll
2: do anything for these guys. I love for those sure. stories and for I love sure. knowing who those folks are. Name some of your people. My people, Susie Jack, Chief, Chief of Staff for the Broad Foundation. Jessica Law, Both. CEO of CCA. Um, even Rogelio Navarre, <laughs> Tito Marquez, Gabe Sarmeno, Gil Gonzalez, Rachel Brazier. All my people. I love that. I love no. the fact that you even up to the... I mean, you go through
0: years, years. without talking to each other, without even exchanging a text.
2: But you know what? It's like... They call, I answer. I'll be there always. I've been through real life shit. My wife had breast cancer. I'm going to put that out to the fucking world. Like, my go. wife had breast cancer. Eight months pregnant. And we yes. fucking lived through that shit. Yes. Because of the people in my life, right? Like, James gave... Chris gave, Andy gave, I didn't even, I had Shannon no gave, but that's real life shit. I'm and going so, through the same thing right now, man. And people are giving and it helps. I'm serious. My
0: grandma, No, but you remember that shit. Yeah. I appreciate it's, it. It's,
2: it's, it it's, I fucking have everybody in my head who supported me through my toughest time and I will fucking kill, fucking maim, and fucking die for these people because this, this shit means that much to
0: me. And by the way, when when I asked Chris to do this podcast, it wasn't like, well, uh he was like when are we fucking doing
1: this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Always. I love it. And he didn't <laughs> even need a fluffer. Like, <laughs> fluffers. <laughs> All, All right,
0: we, we are gonna take a break.
1: Yeah, but first I w- we want to shout out uh, House Machines here House in downtown LA uh, for having us again for the second time. We're probably gonna uh, make this one of our semi-permanent residencies just because it's, so it's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. We're lounging here. The bartenders here have a very heavy hand, which we appreciate. The food's on point, point. and they do live shows. They got bikes. I mean, they got everything here. So, so shout if you find out yourself House in machines. the Arts
0: District, which you should if you're cool come out, visit these folks. And And we will
1: be in the corner if it's a Friday afternoon. You'll see us there. We'll be back. So
0: we have our esteemed guest Christopher Pearson and we've been talking a lot about City Hall and we've been talking about his come up. We've been talking about Mayor Antonio Viragosa. Shout out to him again. So now I want to talk and and change a little bit of direction here. Now, Chris, you made that transition. So a lot of people in City Hall make this transition, which is interesting, is they get a little bit of experience in government. They do their time, as they say, in City Hall. And now it's kind of like time to make that change, that political, that professional transition. Can you talk about how you did yours?
2: In the end of it all, you always have to remember who the master you're serving is. And uh, What do you mean by that? So who are you I, serving? So I, ser- I serve a company. I serve investors. And uh, I think it's very easy to feel as a political operative at a certain point that you're not doing kind of the the social good of the world. But you got to remember, like... Public interest pensions and, you know, uh, organized labor pensions, they all invest in a fund that is for profit that delivers um, a bottom line return for them that allows them to support their workers. You got to make some fucking money. Everybody that's in kind of the public realm relies upon a return that's going to support their employees and their well-being in the future. And I made a decision to go work for a company that contributes to that future, right? And so I work for a publicly traded company in the New York Stock Exchange. We do really well, uh, but the reality of it all is-
0: Hashtag Hudson Pacific.
2: Hashtag Hudson Pacific, for sure. And that's that's kind of the world I live in, right? And I mean, I think in the end, like, and so, how was that transition?
0: I mean, like, now you're serving the public, you're serving the the public benefit, the public good, and now you have stockholders, you have folks that you have to answer to that have a maybe have a different agenda think, than what you would have in government. Explain I, that.
2: I think I think in the end, you always got to remember the, the seat you sit in, right? And I mean, my seat, and the reason they hired me at that particular moment in life was to get projects approved. And to get projects approved, you got to have a certain respect for the communities you're working in. And um, that's that's the value slash uh, understanding I provide to a company is, I understand and I appreciate what it means to be uh, a member of a community and as a real estate investment trust, we approach most investments as a, as a member of the community. But
0: how did you sell your, yourself? Like, how did you go? You need Chris Pearson on this team because Chris Pearson will bring you X. What was that? What was that conversation? So you like? know, it's
2: really ironic, right? I uh, I was working. I got. I I was at the mayor's office, and then um, as as some, not all. We got opportunities to go to departments as the mayor is transitioning out. I got an opportunity. By to the go way, to, did the
0: mayor make a call
2: for you? He did. He did. Awesome. And it, tell us how important that was. It's, you can't, you can't replace it, right? The mayor put me in the CAO's office. The mayor, Gay Williams, our chief of staff, uh, they made sure that I was taken care of. And that, when you're leaving a... Uh, a transitioning office for for political reasons to have a landing spot is invaluable. But you know a lot of
0: a lot of listeners have to understand that mayor doesn't do that for everybody.
2: No. <laughs> he surely doesn't do it for everybody because it's you can't. I mean as much as he he, he I think the mayor in general would want to do it for everybody if he could. He could not because unfortunately there's limited jobs, there's limited opportunities, and he has to put those that have been most loyal and most um, impactful for his, his endeavors uh, in a position to do, the same, to, the, to do the same moving forward. And that's what he did. So he actually came out to you and said, look, Chris,
0: I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you find a soft landing spot, or at least help you with the transition as I exit becoming mayor. And I want to make sure I take care of you. Did you have that kind of conversation with him? I don't
2: know if it was him, but it was our chief of staff. Gay Williams. Gay Williams. Gay Williams uh, was there for, for many of us to make sure we landed appropriately. You actually turned off the
0: lights, right? And what we mean by that is you lasted the last day.
2: To the last day, did the fucking bus tour. How was that last day? It was amazing. It was almost it was You were special. one of the few fucking people now, now to be the, on, the real, on the real. There wasn't
0: there wasn't a lot of people who stayed till the last day. No. And, and and in any administration that's like you chalk that up to loyalty. Like literally. Like I know a lot of people don't think that or they try to figure out like what their next step is, but you know there's very few people who last till the last fucking day of the administration when it when the next day it turns over to a new mayor. Tell us about that experience.
2: It's uh, it's as scary and as kind of blissful as you can imagine, right? I mean, I think on the uh, the scary side, it's realizing that kind of your guardian angel is gone. But on the blissful side, it, it's, it's knowing you've lived a life at that particular moment that was um, reflective of your loyalties. How many years did you do with the man? Four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, basically, this whole second term, um, and I think in the end, like that's what it boils down to, right? And when like, when
0: did you land the Hudson deal?
2: I landed Hudson after the mayor was transitioning out. So you were like jobless. I was not jobless because the mayor took care of me, and okay. I, was in the, I was in the CAO's office. Okay. And uh, I had a I had a lunch with my current EVP at Hudson. And at Hudson, they uh, they said, uh, what are you doing? What do you what do you have going on? And I, we had a very brief conversation. I was uh, repositioning slash rehabbing a house that I had just bought.
0: This was your own private deal?
2: My own private deal. We were living in, me and my wife. You know, we talked. And then uh, I think, like, the irony of it all, he did some background checking on me. And then uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, six Six weeks later, I got a call. Maybe four weeks later, I got a call from Hudson and they were like, hey. that This
0: isn't just an ordinary call. Hudson's a, a fucking big player out there. So you getting a call from Hudson is not like getting a call from like, I don't know, Ralph's.
2: <laughs> I wanted to progress in real estate and Hudson was an opportunity. So I took Love that. a $25,000 a Love year pay that. cut Three months after I bought a house, so you're in the private sector, making less money than I made in the public sector. I think that's really important so, to so hammer for, in. So for
0: for our okay, I get it, but like for our listeners, today, 2019, October. I'm sorry, November first. Tell us what your title is today.
2: Look, I'll tell you it all. I'm a vice president of Hudson Pacific Properties. You're
0: good. I'm good, and and that's like. If anything, it's not a cautionary tale. It's like what you can be if you set your mind to what you want to do.
2: Plan it out. Whatever decision you make is a five-year decision. If you can't connect your story to the decision you're making right now, to the story you're gonna tell in five years, then you're making the wrong decision. And that's the fucking truth. Like, if you could tell me why you made the choice when you were 25 to where you landed at 30, then I'm fucking with you. But if you can't tell me why you made a choice at twenty five and then' you're, I'm at thirty asking about your career progression, then you're you're not with my you're not with me. Like we don't fucking speak the same language. Look five years in advance. make a decision based on your five year progression, and that is why you, make the choices you make, right? In the end, it's all about this progression, this ability to to look in the future and like achieve the things you want to achieve. And to do that, you have to see the future.
0: So for those folks who are like kind of coming up, right? And they see you take some, and I'm not even gonna say it, these are fucking major risks, right? That you are involved in with having to decide one way or the other, but you choose, what I love about what you say is like you chose yourself. You chose you. You didn't go with like, I'm gonna choose the candidate. I'm gonna. You said like, I believe in myself. And a lot of folks out there don't feel that way. And what do you have to say to those folks who just don't feel like they got it in them? Because I think especially like, and I'm gonna be real about this, people of color don't feel that way.
2: Wherever you're pigeonholing yourself is where you're gonna end up if you don't fucking take the shots. So take the shots, right? Like in, in the reality for all of us is if we take the shots, we will fucking maybe hit 50% of them. I don't know if we hit all of them, but the reality is if you don't fucking take the shots, you'll never hit any of them.
0: So people would be remiss. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the arts district. And Chris, you're fucking all over the arts district. You are A, Hudson has been A, an early adopter, B, you guys have doubled down in the neighborhood, especially where we're at. And I just love the fact, I spoke to some people, told us about price of land. Give us your insights about what's going on in this neighborhood
2: and how you're like feeling about it. Housing's coming in, jobs are coming in, retail opportunities are coming in, Spotify is coming to town, Warner Music is in town. These are opportunities on the office side that are gonna stimulate and grow the retail market, the resi market, which is only gonna add to the growth of the arts district. We're excited as office developers.
0: I'm gonna give you the last word. This is kind of like your time to say like, whatever you feel like, how you feel like, and what you feel like. So tell us in your last words, what you're feeling, What do you wanna say? Here's the microphone,
2: go. People of color, it's our opportunity to fucking take advantage of the world. Yes. We have a platform, we have an opportunity, and we have a cadence that's gonna speak to the community that we sit in. And I think if we don't take advantage of it, we're giving fucking too much credence to the history that's come before us. So for black, brown, and all those that come before us, those people need to take advantage of the world we live in to really say, "This is my world. This is my time, and I'm going to take advantage of it." So I love y'all. I give it to you. You guys are going to be the ones that dictate the future. And uh, I could talk about all of I've done, but it's it's mean it means nothing if it doesn't progress from here. So much much Ooh, power, like much that. love.
0: Beautiful. I that like you that. just heard from Chris Pearson.
1: Vice yes. President of Planning and Development at Hudson Pacific Properties.
0: You heard from him. We think it was fire today. I do think, I really appreciate him coming on, talking some real stuff, and really kind of giving us his perspective on a myriad of different things. We appreciate it. We hope our 38 followers today, that you Turn took some-
1: Turned 48. <laughs> yeah, <you Just> t- <laughs> if but for the fact that what you said was really empowering for a lot of people, at least my age, trying to come up ourselves, what you said was really meaningful. So we appreciate that.
0: And thank you again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a wrap. I want to say thank you again for joining us. This is the closed section. I'm James Santa Maria.
1: It's Lauren and we got Chris Pearson. Thank you very much. Boom. Our Boom. producer, Mike Swade. Mike
0: Swade. And we producer. want to thank
1: again, House of Machines for having us uh, one more time and okay. and dealing with the, the crazy, people that we always bring on keep Fridays.
0: coming back because we're going to have some more guests coming up and like i said we're we're we're, we're going on uh our our fourth episode we're watch out to for to 38
1: 000 followers so if that's you come on by here we go all
0: right we'll see you soon thank you everybody we're out